Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to a brand new Arsblog Arscast right here on Arsblog.com. How are you? Hope you're well. Hope all is good with you and yours wherever in the world you are. Thank you very much as always for being here. Preseason has started. The boys are back in town. Well, some of the boys, not all of them. Some of them are still on extended breaks, having played international football to the middle of June. So they get a, an extra week, maybe, maybe an extra 10 days. I don't quite know uh, exactly how much, but we saw in training this week, the likes of Hector Bellerin, Ben White, Thomas Partey, Pablo Marie, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, Bernd Leno is there. Like they're all there. They're all there. They're all back on the training ground. Mikel Arteta looking extremely fit and healthy and tanned. He's been uh, away on his holidays playing uh, ball games on the beach while Edu has been doing the, you know, the hard work, the dirty work of the uh, the tour of the training ground and all that kind of stuff for new signings like uh, Fabio Vieira, like Matt Turner. And uh, Gabriel Jesus, who at the time of recording has not been officially announced yet. But I think we all know that this is uh, as done a deal as it gets. It's just a question of when they're going to announce it, because there was obviously footage of him uh, at the Emirates wearing the number nine and uh, probably just coming to terms with the sheer range and volume of blue shirts that Edu has at his disposal as he gives his his training ground tours. Using the Dulux paint charts as a guide to the colors that Edu has been wearing, I think we're looking at something uh, along the lines of Spring Sky. There's another one called Cape Cod. There's a, a Blessington Blue as well. Doll's House, Blissful Blue is another one as well. These are all essentially the same color just with different names so you think wow that's a big big range of paint right there i heard a story once about a a lady who was doing home improvements like interior kind of stuff and you know she'd present a a paint to a potential client and they'd say well it's a bit it's a bit magnolia i'm not sure about that and she'd go no it's not magnolia it's called twilight cream and of course it was magnolia but, you know, branding makes people change their minds about the things uh, that they want. So that lady had a lot of Magnolia paint, rebranded it as Twilight Cream, and 
Well, it's on a lot of walls, I think, in a lot of homes. Uh, It has been, you know, a fairly quiet week in general, so we are going to talk about the main bits and pieces, but we're also going to take a few questions uh, from our Discord chat members uh, over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash arsblog, to get us through, to give us some topics, some suggestions of things that we can talk about. And with me to do all that is Lewis Ambrose. Hello, Lewis. Hello, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm all right, thanks. How are you? How are things in Berlin? I believe they've been uh, sweltering uh, of late. Sweltering is, yeah, an understatement. I think we've had like temperatures of 35, 36 degrees at times the last couple of weeks. So it's, um, yeah, sheltering indoors wherever possible and (laughs) enjoying it in moderation, I think is probably the way to go. Well, that's it. That's it. You do have to be careful. Always wear sunscreen, folks. Put some factor on when you're going out. Uh, it can have uh, it can have repercussions. That's for sure. Um, so, how have you been uh, spending your week? Just frantically pressing F five on your your <laughs> Arsenal dot com browser window. Have they done it yet? Have they announced it yet? Is he here yet? Have they? Uh, is it official? No, I'm I'm <laughs> very I'm like I'm, I've been very calm this whole summer. I guess the whole transfer window. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've enjoyed a little bit of distance from all of the insanity and. Yeah, it's been quite nice, but I'm also not... I wouldn't say I'm enormously disappointed that Arsenal play again a week from now. Uh, you know, the season's obviously creeping up quite quickly. But yeah, I'm... Um, I don't know. I guess for you know for my day job, a bit like you, I, I do have to keep an eye on what's going on yeah. and all the updates. But I'm also quite happy to not look at my phone for a couple of days when when I can and not get sucked into the transfer madness. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing I did was um, on my phone, I, I sort of, the Twitter app that I use on my Android phone um, stopped working. So I deleted it and tried to reinstall it. And it installs and it goes through the process of like, enter your details. Do you authorize this app to do all the Twitter shit? And then it just takes you to, when you do all that, you put your information in, it takes you to um, like the Google Play Store page for the app rather than any sign of shit that's on Twitter, right? <laughs> so... Uh, the the official Twitter app is sort of somewhere on my phone, about three or four screens across. If you do the swipey swipe across, right, and I haven't been able to uh, figure out a fix for that particular app. So I've had a kind of Twitter free phone. Very, that sounds very peaceful. Yeah, it 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 it, it is. Like if I'm at my desk, if I'm sitting here in my office, if I'm at my desk, I've got my Twitter open, obviously to keep an eye on what's going on, all the news and bits and pieces. But like I, I, I only realized how is it habitual or addiction or whatever you want to call it. Like all the things that you do during the day, and you pick up your phone, you have a quick look at Twitter, and. I found myself picking up my phone to look at nothing because, you know, there's nothing there and I'm not going to scroll across four screens, you know, to then set up the, the Twitter app. And it's, it's unbelievable. Like, you know, you, you put the kettle on in the morning, turn the coffee machine on, right, I'll have a quick, oh. Or sit down on the sofa and you're, I don't know what it mm-hmm. is, you're look, turning on the tally for something. I'll just, yeah, while the tally's turning on, etc. I'll just have a quick look. And like, there's so much peace involved in not having it and i've you know i've, I've no, sort of i got a little bit is. of a shock actually at like just how much of a reflex it is to in any single moment where i've got a tiny bit of downtime to just check my phone and check twitter 
I guess it's just like I, I definitely know what you're talking about. I've had that same thing myself. Not not this this week, but mm. um, but like last week, I had I had a, a friend visiting. Um, so you know, you're just you're spending time with people and spending a lot less time, like you said, like I guess sitting around or doing menial tasks, and you're, and you're just talking and not looking yeah. at your phone. And when you when when I don't have my phone, it is it is habitual. It's just it's so invasive. You feel like you're there. Oh, you're going to miss something. You might miss, yeah, it, and not not just football, but you know, I think Twitter for me certainly, and probably for a lot of people nowadays, is probably where you get most of your news, where you see yeah, a lot yeah, of your yeah. news um, or things that you want to read and things like that. And <laughs> guess what? The world doesn't end when I miss it for a couple of days, and oh, all of those great tweets or articles that I didn't read um, that I would have write, read otherwise life goes on and <laughs> I don't feel like I missed out on anything at all. Well, that's it's, it. You don't even know you've missed out because you haven't seen it, you yeah, know? Yeah, exactly. And the thing, like, oh, no, but what if, but what if I did miss out on something? Oh, you yeah, never yeah, know. Yeah. So it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Like if something really important happens, someone's going to text me. Like if there's a big Arsenal story and I miss it for a little <laughs> while, someone inevitably will text me or there'll be a WhatsApp message from somebody going, oh my God, or whatever. And as for the news, like the news is so unremittingly awful pretty much all <laughs> yep. of the time right now. Um, I know I've spoken about this on the Arscast Extra bit with James, or maybe it was on one of the, the Waffle podcasts uh, on Patreon. Like, I, I basically stopped watching the news and listening to the news and reading the news because I just found it, like, it was fucking my head up because it's, it's just so awful and you can't do anything about it. You feel, like, helpless and beaten down by all the shit that's going on by all the bastards who are doing it. And you're like... I need to take a break from this. So, like missing out on on the news as well is uh, is another kind so, of cushy aspect to all of this. So, to everybody who's sat there or commuting or whatever, listening to this mm. on their phones, you're telling them, "Well, just stop and throw it out the window." No, 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 no. <laughs> the phone is an important part of your life. You need it to stay in touch with people. You obviously needed to listen to podcasts, the Ars Blog app, the Ars Blog websites, of course. But I'm just <laughs> saying that if you want to give your head a little bit of peace, being without the Twitter app is not as like weird and scary as you think it might be. And in fact, it can give you um, it can give you some uh, moments of tranquility during your day that you would not all, all otherwise have had. You know. Yeah, and it kind of belongs as well. Even when there's good news, um, it kind of belongs to that thing that I think James said to you on Monday that like this constant drip of news takes the excitement out of particular football things specifically and and transfer stuff that's obviously going on like mad at the moment um oh look like anybody who hasn't looked at their phone for a couple of weeks would have no idea that we were trying to sign Rafinha and might not sign Rafinha now because someone else will wouldn't Mm. that be lovely well yes Uh, we'll come to that actually but I mean it's a nice segue you know that that drip 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 a bit of uh, transfer news that we get. You know, Gabriel Jesus is moving closer to Arsenal. Gabriel Jesus, you know, his his transfer could be confirmed on a day that ends in a Y. This is the latest information that we're hearing, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, it hasn't been uh, officially announced yet um, at the time that we're recording this on on Thursday evening. Hasn't been officially announced yet. I don't suppose it will be at this point in the day. But we all know it's happening. We all know that this is going to happen because we've seen the footage of him um, walking around the Emirates with a number nine on. We've seen Edu uh, greeting him, having the high fives, the handshakes as he gives him the, the tour of the training ground, etc., etc. So 
I think we should just have a quick discussion about Gabriel Jesus based on the fact that this is a thing we all know is going to happen, even if it hasn't actually happened yet. And I'm just curious uh, as to your um, your take on this. I mean, if, if you have a one that's different from anybody else, um, beyond being sort of quite happy and excited about a very good player, I mean, is this is this the biggest Arsenal signing since? Ozil and Sanchez? Oh, maybe in terms of a CV, I guess. Just in terms of the stature and what it says, like, you know, when a club signs a player, you go like, ooh, you know, that that's, that's impressive. I don't <laughs> think signing a guy from Everton, even if he might be quite good, is quite the same as bringing in a guy with, like you say, the pedigree and what have you of, of Gabriel Jesus and the CV. I think that's what you said. Yeah, I think I, I think I'd put Martin Odegaard there, but that was a that was a weird one as well because mm. we'd sort of had him already for half a season, and he wasn't quite, you know he wasn't as established. I mean, clearly a hugely yeah, talented he, player who I love, but but I don't think he was as established a, a player as as Ozil or Sanchez. Yeah, that, and that's where the CV comes into it. I think mm. with, with Gabriel Jesus is he's won the Premier League four times. That's a mm. lot of times to win anything, but to win the Premier League. Um, especially, I also think that this is kind of similar to Ozil Sanchez, and that's a bit different as well to Odegaard last summer, who was a player that Real Madrid didn't use and yeah. didn't look like they were ever going to use. Gabriel, Man City are selling Gabriel Jesus because he's got one year left on his contract, not because they're sick of him, not because he can't get in the team, because he's got one year left on his contract. And they've obviously signed another striker this summer, and mm. they've got a, another one arriving from Argentina that they signed in January officially as well. But you know, they knew that he was not going to sign a new contract and he was going to leave. This mm. is a guy that plays quite a lot of football. He's played more minutes than... I had a look uh, the other day. He's played more Premier League minutes than Riyad Mahrez in all of the last three seasons for Manchester City. Wow. Like, this isn't somebody that yeah. they don't pick or isn't trusted. I think if you go through the games that he does play, he often plays the big ones. He's really, really trusted by Pep Guardiola to, yeah. to work hard and know his role and his position in the team when they come up against Liverpool, when they play a big Champions League game against the likes of Real Madrid this season, he started and, and scored in the game against Real Madrid at home. He scored and started against Liverpool at home for Manchester City. So this is a guy that Pep Guardiola really, really trusts and he picks a lot. He's, you know, I think you look at how many games he's played and you think, oh, maybe he could play more games. And he's obviously coming to Arsenal to start every mm. week and not start the games that he starts at City. But he starts more than half their Premier League games every season. So this isn't a guy that doesn't get in the team or barely gets a look in or yeah, yeah, yeah. gets the the rubbish minutes off the bench or like Eddie Nketiah was moaning about a few months ago, um, you know, when you're 1-0 up and there's five minutes to go and then, yeah, go on, run around a bit. Or the games against the small teams when somebody better can get a break. This is somebody that plays a lot of football and a lot of important football for the team that's won the Premier League for the last five seasons. Yeah, it's That's a really, really big deal. I agree. Um, and I think it says something about, you know, I think you can read too much maybe into like money equaling um, ambition, right? So the idea that ju just because you spend a lot of money means you're really ambitious. I think real ambition is tied in with how smart you are and how 
how much of a plan you have and how well you execute that plan, assuming that the plan is a good plan in the first place. Of course, you can have a terrible plan and execute it very well and still be, still be really terrible. But, but I think as we are looking to reestablish ourselves a little bit as a, a team and a club maybe to be taken more seriously, because we have been through some banter years, I think they might call it, um, you know, Making a signing like this and being able to convince a player like Gabriel Jesus to leave Manchester City, where he could have stayed for another year quite easily, even if, um, you know, there are other players and there would be other players ahead of him. I know the World Cup, Tim has written about it and Phil spoke about it on the Patreon podcast, you know, how important international football is to Brazilian players. And with the World Cup in November, it, it makes an impact. But he could easily have just stayed there for another year. And on a free transfer, he would have had his um, he would have had his choice of clubs in England, across Europe, you know, because he was uh, on a Bosman. But Arsenal have been able to convince him to come. And I think, A, being able to do that, and then, uh, B, the fact that he is on board lends a certain amount of credibility to what's going on right now at this club. Yeah, I think it does. I think it's, like you say, he easily could have sat there for another year, probably played a bit less than he has the last couple of seasons, but also probably picked up another couple of medals quite easily. And he's decided, at, what is he now, 24, 25? 25, That he wants yeah. to start every week and be the main man. But you don't walk away from, when you're playing regular football still, you don't walk away from a club that wins a lot to go to a club that you don't think has the chance to compete for things as well. So mm. I think he, he obviously believes that now is the time that he wants to kick on in his own career and be a part of helping us kick on as a team at the same time. And I think that's, that should be really exciting for everyone. I also think it's a huge statement from, I wouldn't say us as a club, but I'd say Mikel Arteta in particular, because people have said Quite consistently, I think, over the past couple of years that Mikel Arteta can be very picky when it comes to mm. players. And, I mean, he talks about specificity himself. He really does want particular players and I don't think he would really compromise too much on ability, even if he gets a player with the right attitude that you know, who can fit in. He won't compromise on ability, I don't think, too much. And for us to not just sign a player that we all know, but a player that he's actually worked with up close before. I think that's a huge sort of vote of confidence from him in Gabriel Jesus's ability to lead the line for a team that wants to score more goals in the Premier League and finish higher than fifth. He obviously thinks that from working with him day to day for years, he's somebody who has a lot more in the tank and can help us achieve loftier goals definitely than than just finishing fifth or fighting for fourth yeah i mean that's it and that that point about leading the line i think is is really important because you know for all the talk of arsenal wanting a mobile versatile interchangeable transferable forward line right you still need somebody in the modern game to to score your goals and to be if not quite the focal point of your attack but somebody who gives you that that presence up front um, we do play with a one-striker system. It, it seems inevitable that he is going to be the main man in that regard. So are you confident that, you know, this is the kind of um, scenario that 
a player of his talent and you know his talent his ability is really unquestionable i think you know you you could you could point to areas that he can improve in i think that's true of of every player but this is a hugely talented guy at a point in his career where he wants to make a real mark yeah i think i, I would recommend to everybody to go and read uh, tim's piece uh, from from today that's on Ask blog yeah. or from yeah, from thursday that's on Ask blog because i think it's really good tim's obviously we all know how much Brazilian football Tim consumes and probably mm. an unhealthy amount. I'm sure sure he'd agree as well. But it's it's really interesting to see Gabriel Jesus. It feels a bit like his career from from that 2018 World Cup where he led the line for Brazil and didn't score a goal. It, it feels like a bit of a crossroads there and his confidence took a knock and he came back to City and after a good first year and a half or so at City, he mm. obviously, I guess, became less and less the the guy anointed as the Aguero replacement long-term. And I think oh, follow straight, following straight on from that World Cup, I think, was the, the season when he played the least football that he played for City as well. And I've watched, uh, you know, obviously everyone talks about the last couple of years, they've played without a striker. Even though they've had Gabriel Jesus, they've sort of played, he's played wide a lot. And you've had Foden or, mm. or De Bruyne or Bernardo Silva sort of playing up front and, and drifting and that front three or four players being really interchangeable. And now it feels like another crossroads where Gabriel Jesus can decide, right, what am I? What do I want to be? Where do I want to play? And am I going to push for a move to hopefully sort of get back on track and maybe fulfill his potential? Or is he having to settle a little bit? And I think he's promising to pick up a player that isn't willing to settle. I've watched a few, you know, the last couple of weeks, I've, I've gone back and watched a, f- a few bits of him throughout his City career because I think he's played wide the last couple of seasons a lot. And I don't think... Mm. You obviously, you're, you're getting that player. You're still getting him. But I don't think his performances the last two years, let's say, are really indicative of the player that Arsenal are going to sign. I think Arsenal are signing a striker who is going to play up front. Mm. And if you go back to sort of that build-up to the 2018 World Cup, when he arrived at City or his first full season, especially at City, he played up front. And he played up front well. And I mean, it's easier, I guess, to play for City than for a lot of other clubs. <laughs> but in some regards, it's also a lot harder to play for City because the, the demands on you are so much higher. And he, what I really like going back then to when he was 20, 21 and watching him play back then up front as a number nine was he would sort of do both things. You think of that City striker, the Guardiola team and dropping into midfield and popping passes off and offering for the ball. But he was really good back then. And and obviously they had the quality of Silver and De Bruyne. So do you want your centre forward to drop into midfield and congest that space where you've got De Bruyne and Silver pulling the strings? Probably not. Mm. And he was really good at, at sort of pushing on as well and really driving defences back, giving opening space for the likes of De Bruyne and Silva and being a striker that was mostly looking to get on the end of things. And you can do both. There was the, the 2017-18 season with City, I think the first league they won under Guardiola. Uh, they started the season playing him and Aguero up front and, and he was the one more than Aguero sort of dropping off to, into midfield, playing as that more maybe number 10 than number nine. And I think we've got a player who understands and has obviously worked for Pep Guardiola for this time and understands that he can do different roles when the team and the manager demand it. But it's also a player that can 
do those both effectively. He can drop into midfield. He can push the defence back and, and look for runs in behind. So I think it's really interesting that you know we could see... Whereas last year we started the season, it was Aubameyang doing one or you play Lacazette and he does the other. Yeah. I think we've got a striker who, depending on the situation and the opponent, could offer us both options. Yeah, I mean, working in tandem maybe with Eddie and Keddie are late in games when we have to turn things around perhaps and you're looking to, to score goals and bring people on from the bench to do that. Uh, I, I have to say I'm really, really excited about this guy and seeing him and also, you know... Just as I said earlier, the 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 way we've been able to to get this deal done, uh, and I you know I saw, and we you mentioned it uh, a few minutes ago, but the you know the stuff that was going on with Rafinha, you know, heavily reported interest in Rafinha from Arsenal bid apparently turned down by Leeds because it was nowhere near what they were looking for, and um, you know subsequently then interest from Chelsea. And look, I get it. I completely get people being disappointed that we miss out on a good player because he is a good player and I think he would have been an an exciting addition, even if nothing is done and dusted yet. Um, and maybe, maybe there's a, an outside chance. Who knows? It's a bit like, um, what's the film with uh, Jim Carrey? Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and you Dumber. Know, so you're saying there's a chance. Um you know, I don't. Is that a comment on on Edu's negotiations? I, I don't. No, 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 no. It's not. It's just I. You know, I think what happens when you're when you're after players like Rafinha, you know, established talent who bring you goals and bring you assists. You, you've got to compete in the transfer market with with clubs, or there there is going to be competition from other clubs in the transfer market. So, you know, I think. Last summer, and this isn't to sort of dismiss any of the players that we signed, but I don't know that there was a great deal of competition around any of those deals. I know there was some talk of Tommy Asu and Spurs, but as we know, he is a very intelligent, discerning young man who would <laughs> never have have chosen uh, to go to uh, to that lot. So, Martin Odegaard, Ben White, um, Aaron Ramsdale, Tommy Asu. Uh, Albert Sambi, Lokonga, Nuno Tavares. I mean, I think we kind of had a free run at pretty much all of those. So we got our deals done, some a bit later than others. But when you've got an agent who is, um, and a player, let's face it, who is probably more keen on going to Barcelona than either Chelsea or Arsenal, you have these situations, these scenarios that play out, which... I've got two points to make here. One is that I kind of think I, I I think it would be a little bit of a shame if the disappointment, understandable as it is, over Rafinha took away from some of the uh, spotlight on Gabriel Jesus because there was competition for uh, for him from Spurs, from Chelsea, and probably from other clubs as well. And we did well, you know, to get that deal done and and to to make it happen. So the fact that it's been in the pipeline for quite a while maybe takes some of the excitement out of it. But I still think on its own merits, it's a really great deal for Arsenal. The Rafinha thing, you know, we wanted him. Um, I, I see people going, well, why don't we just pay whatever Leeds want? And it's like, you know, you, well, you do have to negotiate, don't you? You have to try and negotiate. And, and the answer to that as well, by the way, is that Chelsea have agreed a fee with Leeds and there were pictures of Deco at Barcelona's training ground today. He's still there. He's been there for about two days. Because he really wants to sign for Barcelona. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's it. That's it. I mean, you have these situations that play out and um, 
Like, I, I would laugh my head off if after Chelsea agreeing a deal for um, Rafinha, he ended up at Barcelona somehow. I don't know how they're going to do it. They probably, I, I saw today they're selling off 10% of their television rights to a, a hedge fund or something like that which may give them the liquidity to sign Rafinha. Healthy, and, yeah, it does. That's a really good way of doing business, <laughs> uh, you know, especially when you're laden with, you know, a billion euros worth of debt or whatever they have. But, you know, at the end of the day, they will spend big money on big players because that's what they've always done. They're man Real Madrid. That's just the way the way that they operate. And, you know, more often than not, they, they tend to get their man. So I would laugh a lot if, you know, all the Chelsea fans who are giving a large about Rafinha during the week had to eat a big um, slice of, well, would they eat humble pie? They'd probably just, you know, they don't even know what that is. Um, but it would be very funny, wouldn't it, if he ended up at Barcelona, you know? Yeah, it would. It would be great. And then he can't come back and bite us next season as well, because we all know yeah. how, the, how these things tend to play out. I, I think it's just the... Look, for me, I'd just add that, A, you never, you, nobody ever signs all of their targets, and that's fine. It, it just happens. The, you know, the famous or infamous, I guess. Arsene Wenger tried to sign this guy and this guy and this guy. It's like, oh, Arsene Wenger was the only person who ever mm. admitted it. Like, everybody tried to sign all of these guys. All yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Top six or seven or whatever, 10 clubs in the world, all wanted to sign all of the top players in the world. And guess what? Only one of them ever did. Um, so mm. I think it's it's one of those situations where it's not a, you know, it's not a disaster. Like, it would have been nice, I think, to have signed him. But I'd also, the other thing that I'd like to say on it, I guess, is I'd much rather us get a conclusion at the end of June that we're not going to figure out a way to get one particular target than at the end of August when we're probably yeah. then left with nobody. Um, I'd be very surprised. Arsenal seem to, the last couple of windows at least, do seem to have plans, like proper plans. And I would be surprised having not gone for the wrong player uh, gone big for maybe what they what could have been the wrong player in mm. January. I'd be really surprised if they were willing to buy Gabriel Jesus and then spend an extra sort of fifty million or so on Rafinha, and then and now they just would give up and be happy with two months of the window left. I would now expect them to sort of explore alternatives and mm. see who else is out there that they might be interested in in his place. Yeah, I do. I do wonder about that a little bit. I'm I'm curious to see what way they react to this because there are a number of ways you could go. Obviously, you could just try and find another tricky, fast, low center of gravity right winger who gives you that depth in that position. Um, and I I think one thing that's maybe overlooked as well, um, you know, in in the discussion of Rafinha is even if let's say we agreed a fee with Leeds. Would the player fancy himself enough or, you know, uh, look at Arsenal and say, well, they've got Bakayo Saka there, so am I going to play all the games? Am I going to, what games am I going to well, play? Well, yeah, like, don't, don't get me wrong. I think he's good and I think he'd play plenty if, if oh, we yeah, signed him. Sure. But <laughs> it's not the same thing, is it? Like, is it the best use of funds to spend sort of, I don't know, 50 million or whatever it would end up being? 
on a player who's who can play on the left as well, and mm. so can Bakayo Saka, but his best position is probably where our player of the season plays. Exactly, and unless you're planning on repurposing Bakayo Saka, and there's you know been plenty of talk and speculation about him, you know as a as a left-sided eight or whatever it might be, and and you know it's a good discussion to have, but as yet we've got no idea as to whether or not that's the plan at all, and like. I do think, and uh, we've said this before, and um, I've written about it on the blog before, like we cannot keep asking Bukayo Saka to play as many games as he is playing at Premier League level, particularly if we're going to have Europa League football and he's going to be involved in some of those important games. Um, we, We do need somebody who can play in that position. The question now for Arsenal is, who is that going to be if it's not Rafinha? Will they say, well, we've got Fabio Vieira who can play in those areas. Could we use him in that position? Uh, Are they going to go out and get somebody else um, to play there? Will they look at perhaps reigniting a deal for Tielemans, who then might give you a bit more creative depth um, in midfield? I don't quite know what they're going to do, but it would be... I I feel like... Another option, I feel like, is you know earlier in the window or or a couple of months ago, even there were talks about wanting to sign a sort of a big classic number nine, and that could be another way to, mm. to get an extra body who can take some of Saka's time on the right or take some time on the left. You can, we can now, if we don't sign Rafinha, if we don't sign, we don't have to go and sign another winger to sign another attacking player. It could be that Gabriel Jesus spends some of his time on the wing, like he has done for the last couple of seasons, and we sign an, another alternative striker as well instead. Hmm. Hmm. I, I do wonder, like, how fluid are the transfer plans when it comes to things like this? It's like, okay, let, we, we like this guy, and I think part of the interest in Rafinha is his availability. Like, I think he's he's on the market, right? And they've been aware of that. And Leeds are open to selling because they've got a price that they will take for him, as we know, because it was out there and then Chelsea got to that price. So this is a guy who was available, Premier League experienced, all of that kind of stuff. So whether it was more about that aspect of it or the positional aspect, mm. I'm not quite sure. So it's is it a case now they sit down and go, okay, well, we didn't get him. Now let's think about another way of doing it or do they go and find like another Rafinha or somebody else who's more traditionally a right-sided player? You know, it's going to be very interesting to see what they do and how they do it, particularly as, look, let's face it, the clock is ticking. Uh, We're sitting here on the 30th of June. When this goes out, it's going to be the 1st of July. And the season starts on August the 6th. There's a preseason game next week in Germany. And Mm. then they're off to the US on the tour. And like it all starts, it all starts ramping up and you want to get those pieces in place. And inevitably, there's going to be some shit that goes to the end of the window. But if this is a, if this, as it appeared to be, something of a priority signing, either the alternative candidate for that position or the alternative plan must also be somewhere in that priority region as well, no? Yeah, it'd be interesting because I wonder, because like even with the Tielemans thing, I do wonder if that's cooled so much over the last couple of weeks because they feel like they don't have competition and it's one that they Mm. can 
they they don't need him for uh, you know we, we were bitten last year when we didn't have transfers done in time for the start of the season but we were in a better place than we were a year ago certainly mm. we've got a couple of transfers done already and i think you know we could be in a in a situation where we don't have to get all of the business done before the start of the season. And if they looked at Tielemans and gone, well, that's one where we can go back later and there's no one else. We're not in a bidding war. We, If we need to sort of focus on getting this done or this done really quickly, mm. Tielemans is one that we can always get. He'll still be at Leicester. If, if we haven't signed him, it looks pretty certain that mm. he goes the last week of August and he'll still be at Leicester. So maybe then you go back to Leicester and maybe then you get a better price as well. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that one come up again in the final week or two of the window. And if they then, in the meantime, focus on whatever else they want to do and knowing that if things do or don't come off in other positions, Tillemans will still be there for them at the end of August if they want to go and get it. Yeah. We have a couple of questions um, from our Discord and Gil uh, moving us on slightly in terms of targets because Lissandro Martinez is somebody that we've been linked with quite heavily. He said, do you reckon spending $40 million, uh, on another central uh, defender, is it too much when we could probably uh, focus on the attack and, and midfield instead? I, I find that a really interesting target because I, I don't think Arsenal think they're signing a centre-back. I think Arsenal think they're trying to sign a player who can play centre-back and left-back and possibly in midfield as well. So, I, you know, we've, we've seen this. We, we, we talked about Jesus possibly being able to play out wide and Fabio Vieira. I think we, we see this more and more with our transfer targets that they can play in multiple positions. And if mm. you look at the other players that were linked this summer so far that do play left back, you've got Aaron Hickey, who is both footed essentially and can play right back as comfortably, they say, as he can mm. play left back. You've got... Um, Alexander Zinchenko, who obviously has played in midfield or, or plays in midfield all the time for Ukraine and then it left back for Manchester City. So I don't think it's an accident if we're looking for a player who could maybe be a backup or an alternative option to Kieran Tierney. I don't, I need to stop, I don't want to keep using the word backup because I think it's not, an, it's a squad game. It's not, you have 11 players and then you have. 11 other players in case the first 11 gets injured. Yeah, that's you know, a problem. Yeah, and like, the, you know, Rafinha, people, if we want to talk about him, like that was similar with him, right? It's, it's not so you have a new first choice right winger, it's so you have another winger and there are two wings and you have two wingers in every 11 and they share the games, they share the minutes. So I definitely would see Lisandro Martinez more like that, like a player who can... We know that Mikel likes his left-footed centre-backs as mm. to play on the left-hand side. We, now that you know, we've cut our losses with Pablo Marie and presumably well, they'll do whatever they can for him to go. Yeah, he's back in training. He's in the tra- he's in the well, preseason training. So you <laughs> he'll know, be there on the opening day. Um, Could be again. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that would be a left-footed centre-back to to take Gabriel's place from time to time. It would be a left back possibly to mm. cover Kieran Tierney when he's not available, which we know there will be a period in the season when Kieran Tierney isn't available. And it's a player who could potentially even take Thomas Partey's place from time to time as well when he invariably misses a part of the season, especially with a World Cup thrown into the middle of it for him. So do I you, think it's... Yeah. Do you, sorry yeah, to cut across I don't you. think it's an accident, basically. But do you think a player... 
Like, I love that as a concept, right? But do you think it's possible for a player to be as effective as you want him to be in three positions like that? Like, I'm not saying he's not capable of doing it, but, you know, do you get the same level from him in central midfield than you do when he plays left back, you know? I, I wonder about that a little bit. Like, mm. I think if somebody is really talented and can play in a number of positions, great. But I wonder a little bit about, like, if you're thinking, okay, well, this guy is going to fill three holes in this squad for us, great. But I wonder if it's a slightly utopian idea in some ways. I think maybe. Maybe when you're asking for, like, a particular level from the player, but... Mm. I, I think that will come down to, to the player's intelligence a little bit, understanding the different roles so well and not maybe not having to train in the same position every day to, to get those sort of nuances. And, you know, when I'm when I'm here and the ball's here, we know how yeah, yeah. Mikel Arteta wants the team to play, you know, knowing where all your teammates are. I think, I think there's a benefit to playing that way as well then when you have a player who then you ask to do different things in different positions because they should know where someone should be in midfield when they're playing left back because they have to do it sometimes. So I think mm. there can be benefits to it too. And no, I, I see what you mean, but I would hope that, you know, a player could play a, a decent enough level. And I also think that sometimes when you're playing you're left back for Pep Guardiola's teams nowadays, you are playing in midfield anyway. And yeah. and when you're playing centre-back, you are playing left back at times almost or, or, or pushing into midfield or something as well. So... I I think it is maybe a bit utopian, mm. but I also think that maybe instead of every time he plays and getting a 10 out of 10 from him, if you get a 6 or a 7 out of 10 and he only needs to sort of cover in midfield five or six times a season and the same at centre-back, but then he plays 20 times at left-back, mm. then I'd still see it as a, as a pretty good idea and a pretty good deal. Yeah, no, no, I like it. I like, I like the look of the player as well. You know, I've done a bit of YouTubing and Y scouting and, and what have you on him and he looks like he's got a great range of passing I did enjoy you saying when you're playing for Pep Guardiola teams you, well, <laughs> you're playing I, at I left think, back that's just I how I try and like because because Mikel Arteta just spent so much time with Pep Guardiola and the way that we have tried to play and the sure, way yeah, that we're yeah. evolving as a team I just feel like it's like the I feel like you can basically take the lessons that you see when you watch City and mm. you can basically take it all one for one and say, yeah, this is basically what Arsenal yeah, yeah, yeah. want to no, do and what, what they want to be. I get it. It's, it's just funny when you when you say it out loud like that. <laughs> um, and the, I suppose the thing we should say as well is that like the order of signings isn't always what you would want. Like you want to get your attack and what have you sorted, and then okay, now we now we go and we get the 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 Swiss Army knife at the back in midfield, you, you know. You but, don't think Austin Trusty was the uh, was the priority <laughs> this summer? I, I don't think he was. God bless him. Um, no, I, I I don't think so. But you know, you can like signing Lisandro Martinez. You would hope um, wouldn't preclude another attacking signing. Because we've been well, going after Rafinha anyway, and exactly. we've got this going on. So if Martinez happens first, and then you bring in the attacker, it's it's good. But I, I do understand why people worry a little bit, because, you know, resource, resources ultimately are are finite to an extent. Um, 
but yeah, like I don't, I don't worry about spending that much money on a player like that because I do think the absence of Kieran Tierney in particular and Thomas Partey has really hurt us, you know, in the last couple of seasons. So, um, you know, having somebody who can provide, again, I don't want to use backup, but good quality cover um, is, seems sensible to me. Unfortunately, not both positions at once. No, no, that's true. When, when They'll April have to time their around. injuries. They'll have to time their... <laughs> Look, Thomas, it's your turn. I'm going to be out from um, April to the end of the season. You can do sort of uh, mid-February to end of March. And we've got... I, I, just hope as, I just hope as well that someone at the club's had a word with Kieran Tierney now and, and just said, like, if it hurts tell us it hurts mm. so maybe you know we don't play you this weekend and it means you can play the weekend after instead of missing three months yeah i do wonder like you know i think everyone was aware of the problem he said it was something that happened in the in the gym and you would imagine that when he did tell them but yeah like it it's not difficult to imagine kieran tierney sort of turning up you know the 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 night in Monty Python, he gets all his yeah, bits exactly. cut off and yeah. is like, I'm fine, I'm fine. You can imagine Kieran Tierney. Go, Kieran, you've got a, you appear to have a fence post through the top of your head. Oh, don't worry about it. I'm fine. I'll get out he, there. He'd play like, uh, I always remember Marlon Harewood in the 2005, not 2005, we won it in 2005. Is it 2006? The FA Cup final, Liverpool-West Ham. Oh, with the Gerard. And, and I always remember Marlon Harewood after West Ham had used all their subs like tearing his hamstring, but just hop, still trying to hobble around the pitch so they didn't have to play with 10 men and yeah. like taking a couple of terribly weak shots with his left foot when his right leg was not even really good mm. for standing on. And that's sort of how I imagine Kieran Tierney pretending that he's not hurt, even if we have <laughs> all five subs available to us, just hobbling around, yeah. pretending he can still play football. Yeah, 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 yeah. Going out in, you know, minus 20 in the nude, uh, apart from his, you know, speedos. I guess. Yeah, and, all, and then steaming into tr challenges in training, even though he's carried a knock himself as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, Preseason has begun. There's a lot of guys there that may not be there. That was the thing that I took away. Apart from Ben White's tan and Mikel Arteta's tan, <laughs> the thing that struck me um, was the sheer number of guys who may not be there if you when the season starts. If you'd have put together a sweepstake for who will come back with the most obvious tan from preseason, would Michael Arteta, Marteta and, and Ben White have the, been the, your top first of the, two yeah, picks? Top of the top of the list for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think um, it was quite surprising. Hector Bellerin in an Arsenal training top again, wasn't it? That was it's a, yeah, it's a bit weird. A bit weird, but obviously, you know, this is the job. This is the job. He was on loan. The loan is over. He comes back. We're his club. We, you know, he's got a contract with us and he, you know, his, his it, responsibility. I'm really interested to see like what happens with Lucas Torreira, for example, because mm -hmm. Torreira um, spoke during the week and was, you know, talking about uh, going back to Arsenal. He said, no chance. Chances of that, zero. You know, they, they made it clear there's no role for me here and I'm fine. You know, I want to go somewhere else, but it's like, where are you going to go, and where what what happens in that period between you know he's on extended break as well because he was playing for Uruguay until the middle of June, so he's got an extra week off. You know, same as I think you know Bakayo Saka, Smith Rowe, uh, William Saliba. You know, guys who are involved on on international mm -hmm. duty, Aaron Ramsdale, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but like, what happens? I mean, he's got to contractually, he is obliged to come back, even though he knows. Got no future here. No place in the team for him. 
I mean, this is these are the sort of slightly tricky situations that football clubs have to deal with. And that's why, you know, you see Hector there, you see Reese Nelson, you see Pablo Marie, you see uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles. It's not that they're necessarily out of place, but you look at them and you go, well, yeah, you're you're training and working hard and getting fit for another club, basically. Yeah, we've talked a lot. and I mean, we've talked a lot just now, but the whole last couple of months, everybody's talked a lot about who we're going to sign and can we get the deals done early and stuff? But all of the players you've just mentioned, that's a lot of work for for Edu and, and Richard Garlick and whoever else to get done mm. between, you know, in the next two months now. You know, I think you didn't even mention Nicola Pepe, who I'm sure they'll try and move on, especially if they do sign another attacking player. But yeah, Pablo Murray, Bellerin, Maitland-Niles. It's a lot of players to try and solve futures, Burnt Leno, and that's before you even talk about some of the younger guys who might mm. go out on loan. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there are a lot um, of outgoing deals that, that we probably need to get done. Um, we won't dwell on those. Uh, I'll just do one more question here before we uh, call it a day, because I think we've done well to get this far based on you know the week that we've had uh, without very much happening. Um, let me just see here. Uh, yeah, it's a couple actually from John Larkin. Uh, and one from Gunranjan who says, how much are you looking forward to the Amazon documentary? I know it's not been the best of seasons, but I'm kind of looking forward to it. I've watched the Man City and Spurs. I know, he says, I know. I've watched those versions and they do give us good insights onto things that are going on behind the scenes. And John Larkin's question was, what are your predictions for the All or Nothing series now that we've got our first trailer for it? Who do you think will come across good or bad from the series? I, I was... I was expecting like a two and a half minute trailer, right? <laughs> you know the way trailers, like movie trailers used to be about 60 seconds long and they give you like a, an enticement, a little tease of what was going to happen in the movie. Nowadays, movie trailers are about three minutes long and you basically see all the best bits and you can probably mm -hmm. work out the entire film. So on that basis, I was expecting like a two minute, two and a half minute kind of trailer and instead, what we got was something that was about 24 seconds with a brief glimpse of Mikel Arteta giving a team talk in front of a picture of wolves. Um, so yeah, it's hard to wolves, read too much. Not, not Wolverhampton Wanderers. <laughs> no, 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 not, not, like not doing not, Yeah, not doing the uh, team talk in front of that really angry Wolves fan behind the glass, <laughs> just standing there going, come on, guys, come on. Um, but are, are, you, are you looking forward to it? Have you been able to sort of compartmentalize the end of last season? You know, the the thing, you know, you texted me, actually. Um, uh, yeah, I was going to say this. I, I <laughs> texted you, and I think you, you didn't know. You hadn't seen the news that we were going to do an Amazon documentary. Yeah. And I texted you and ruined a round of golf for <laughs> you. <laughs> I'm well, well capable of ruining the round of golf myself. But, <laughs> you know, I have to say, I've, I've kind of warmed up to the idea of it a little bit because, you know, at first I just thought these things are a bit sort of, tawdry and um, well, and and they're not real you know they're i mean that it's in inverted commas reality tv and they're dealing with situations of course that are real but how they're presented to you is um 
how do you say it? Like it's not that it's manipulated or a work of art or whatever it is, but but there's a certain manner in which things are presented to you by, um, you know, the documentary makers and the, yeah, and the football club who you know ultimately will have control over what goes out and what doesn't goes out or go out, and they're not gonna they're not gonna put out anything that makes everyone look terrible. I mean, what's I didn't watch the Spurs one for obvious reasons because I just would not spend any fucking time um, <laughs> watching that shit and those fuckers. But like, what was the worst thing that came out of it? And the only thing I could, like, if it was, if there was something really terrible, it would have done the rounds on social media. And the only thing I can think of, or the only thing that I saw was a, a clip of Jose Mourinho in the manager's office. And there might've been like a... A clip on Sky Sports News or something, and they were being critical of him, but it wasn't real. Sound real? No, it wasn't. It was manipulated completely. Yeah, it was like it was like they fed in Sky Sports News clip from a different week and then put it over the over the the scene of him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, like I I I watched a bit of that, and I mean, it was surprised no one that. Jose Mourinho didn't come across particularly well mm. I don't think uh, at times but like you say the club will it, it's it's all about their image and it's all for their image the club won't have anybody coming across really badly um, I've definitely warmed to the idea I think you've got to remember as well that when it was announced it was roughly a year ago or mm. right at the beginning of the season um, it, we were in a very very different place as a club I don't know if the season had already started or not but obviously the start of the season was miserable we'd finished eight the season before mm. and that was all miserable and the, the stadium had been empty for all that time and everybody was pretty upset I think being an Arsenal fan and not enjoying it at all and no matter how the season ended I think we've mm. all said um, that we enjoyed the season last season. So I think that's certainly, you know, we, we like this group of players and the season was enjoyable. Mm. So I think that's definitely changed the the mood in terms of yeah. looking forward to or not, or dreading the documentary. I'll definitely watch it. And I'm quite, yeah, I, I, I do always enjoy seeing those like little behind the scenes bits as well, even if it's, it, you know, it will be manipulated yeah. as you say. So yeah, it'll be, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take any of it seriously, um, but it'll be quite nice to watch. Yeah, I mean, there's some bits I'm not looking forward to watching again, well, but I'm yeah. kind of looking forward to seeing, you know, if there is at least some kind of behind-the-scenes reaction footage to some of the big incidents of the season and, and some of the big stories of the season and and how they might have played out in in the dressing room because you know we do like these guys we want to we want to see them do well they seem to be good characters and and everything else um so yeah th- those kinds of training ground things those interactions you know on the training pitch at halftime after a game when we've won mm-hmm. after a game when we've lost those kind of things i don't know that they can do too much with those it's the sort of like it's those things where okay Today, we're going to film you doing a team talk in front of all the lads. Because I did see one of those with, with the Man City one with Pep Guardiola, and I, I had to turn it off because my toes <laughs> were curling to the point where I thought they were going to break. It was just so cringeworthy. I'm not necessarily looking forward to, to those things. What's your, what's your one prediction from the Amazon uh, series? Mine is that I think 
Cedric will turn out to be a, a, a really nice guy that everyone likes. And, Are you going to find that gonna, difficult to And I'm going to feel guilty for giving him a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, my one prediction. I don't know. I would just say... I did also enjoy that in the trailer, they, there was like a voiceover of Mikel Arteta, I think, saying, oh, three, three games, we've got no points, we've scored no goals. Like like an actual trailer mm. where you're like, oh, I wonder how this ends. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 we know. Yeah. Um, you're not really building up to anything here. Um, I, think, I think the team talks in that, even though I don't know in the moment, like even though they know the cameras are there, I don't know that Mikel Arteta would be able to behave differently it, uh, at half time mm. of an important game or anything. So I think that's the bit that I'm most interested in seeing if, if it's going well or going badly, whatever games they, they had the cameras there. I'm, I'm sure there was one definitely that I remember someone like on the Monday after a terrible weekend saying that, Oh, the Amazon cameras were in the dressing room um, on, mm. on Saturday. So, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll get something from that. Um, I, but I think it is, you know, like you said about Cedric, it's that stuff like seeing that these guys are actually nice or likable. My one prediction, I'd, I'd say similarly, I think Granite Xhaka is actually just a very, very nice person. And right. I imagine that that'll, <laughs> that'll probably that'll annoy upset, a lot of people. <laughs> upset quite a few people when he, when he turns out to be the most mild mannered off the pitch mm. um, guy in the squad. And then you see him blow up and get sent off on the opening day of the season. And you think, just be a little bit more like you are off the pitch, maybe. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing Rob Holding's hair grow over the course of the season. <laughs> that is that is going to be good. All right. Well, look, that's coming out in, in August, which isn't too far away. Um, while you're listening to this, it is gone July, so things are going to start ramping up. But we will leave it there for now. Lewis, as always, thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Andrew. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Thank you very much indeed to Lewis. You can find him on Twitter. He is at LG Ambrose, at LG Ambrose. Right, not a lot else to tell you other than there is a Gabriel Jesus new signing podcast available for you right now over on Patreon. Uh, usually keep them in uh, reserve until the thing is made official, but it's sort of accidentally published it, and then it's, it's difficult to unpublish a podcast, you see? So it's there. If you want to go listen, myself and Phil Costa talking about Gabriel Jesus, Patreon.com forward slash arsblog. We will have an Arscast Extra for you on Monday. James is not here because he is going on his holidays. Somebody else 
will be doing the Arsecast Extra with me. Who that is, you'll have to wait and see. Because I don't know yet, and I have to ask somebody uh, over the course of the weekend. So fingers crossed I can get that done for you by Monday. Until then, have yourselves a great weekend, and I'll catch you on the next one. Cheers. Bye-bye. Welcome back to Holy God FM. Remember this hour, our collection plate promo is going live. That means if we call you up and you answer, you have to give us money. I just won't answer the phone, you say. But how do you know it's not an emergency? Your poor old mammy in her nursing home. What if she took a tumble and you have to get to the hospital? Or your Bitcoin broker is calling with some bad news about the crypto market. Can you afford not to answer? But first, we have a letter. That's right. We still do things the old-fashioned way around here because we don't go in for any of that email. Get your pen out, a slice of paper, Basildon Bond if you have it, and write to us at Holy God FM. This one comes from a man called Edward, and he says, Dear Holy God FM, I am not a religious man in the conventional sense, although you could say football is my religion. Now those two worlds are intertwining, and I'm confused. I've seen it said that Jesus saves, but surely Arsenal are buying Jesus to play up front. They've only got Eddie and Kettia. Also, I know many people will say, what would Jesus do when they think about a situation? What if I'm faced with a situation where I have to think that and the only thing that comes to mind is stick it in the top fucking corner? Ultimately, though, I don't believe in God. But now, I have to believe in Jesus. Please, do you have any advice for me? Yours, very sincerely, Edward. Well, Edward, thank you for your letter. And all I can say, and this won't surprise you, is that I do believe in Jesus. I reckon he's going to get about 25 goals in all competitions, and that rat-faced little prick Richarlison won't get anywhere near that. I hope that helps, Edward. And here's one just for you. It's the man in black, except he's not evil, Johnny Cash, and personal Jesus. Your own personal Jesus Someone to hear your prayers Someone who cares Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. 